Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 46. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money Minute. It's a daily podcast that we do. You can search for it in your podcast player. And we talk about a lot of the same topics that we talk about on this show, but it's much shorter, just a couple of minutes every single day, all about how to better manage your money, to use that money to do more of the stuff you care about. So check it out if that sounds like something you're interested in, Mapped Out Money Minute. This is like our Mapped Out Money reality television episode. Yeah, it's... Uh, money fights. <laughs> money fights. Go, uh, what's that show? Jerry Springer? All up in here? Oh my gosh. I hope that this show bears <laughs> no resemblance to, to Jerry, Jerry Springer. Springer. Nick clearly hasn't watched much Jerry Springer because what we're talking about on here is not what he was talking about. I only watched that one episode because it had the girl that I went to high school with it. Anyways, we'll move on from that. Um, so money fights. We and, recently had a money fight. But to be honest, fight's kind of a strong word. It is a strong this word. This is what used to would have been a major money fight. This this would have gone and and been a big fight. Yeah. But now that we've reached, you know, the year of perfection in our marriage, seven years of marriage. It's the perfect number. I know. Uh, you know, we don't fight over these things. Evidently. But I, I would call it a money tiff. Yeah, that, there you go. That's good. Is that actually a real word? I think so. You can have a, we had a tiff. That's a word, right? Yes. Google says it is. It's a petty quarrel. So. Yeah. So yeah, this I would is agree. A, a money petty tiff. quarrel. Yeah. What was our quarrel over? So a few weeks ago, my parents were in town and my mom and I, well, my dad likes to call my mom the director of whimsical pursuits and... I like to think of myself as the director of whimsical pursuits and training. And so one of our favorite things to do together is to like go treasure hunting. At antique stores. Yeah. And there's this particular place really close to our house that's an architectural consignment store. And it's huge. And it's just like a hot mess of random stuff. And we love it. So I found a treasure that you are not quite on board with. Yeah, and, and to give some context to this, so you and your mom, um, you've been going, you'd gone a couple times this week. Yeah, normally, like, so that's that's how my spending comes to you, is like little spurts of spending. Yep. Because normally I don't really go shopping very much unless my mom's in town. Yep, totally. So y'all have gone to a couple different antique shops. Uh, this one I actually went to, so your dad and I were there this time. And you found this painting. Yeah. And so it was like a local artist. She actually works in the store. And some of her paintings are mixed in like among all the other random stuff. And it's a cool painting. Yeah. It was the exact colors that I wanted to like bring in to our living room. In my mind, it was kind of like a a uh, cornerstone for the rest of our our decor and like what we're going to do in the living room. Whereas with you, you were like, this is a totally non-practical purchase. Why would we buy this instead of like all the other things we need to buy? And that's Which is very rational. Totally. Well, and that's where to give, so to give context with the way my brain works, right? Hannah and I have laid out this very methodical path to uh, the way we're going about this home renovation, right? We're starting with the outside. So we're doing all the outside painting. We're doing some of our landscaping stuff and all the stuff outside. Then we're coming inside. The first thing we're doing is we're getting the office done. Then we're going to move to the living room and then the bathrooms and the kitchen and the master. We kind of have all this laid out. 
And there are exceptions to this rule, and we've talked about these, but an exception needs to basically fall into one of two categories, or kind of both. It needs to be super practical, something that we know we're going to get down the road anyways, and we need to, uh, it needs to be for like a really uh, good price, great deal, or it's a rare find. So if we find something that's practical, we know we're going to get it. Even though it's down the road, we'll go ahead and buy it now because we're cash flowing this whole thing, right? So when we run out of money this month for the house, like we're done buying stuff. We got to wait till we get more money coming in. So from my perspective, and we've done that a couple times, right? We bought mm-hmm. uh, a DeWalt tool set for Black Friday because even though we weren't going to use all those tools that week, it was a killer deal. And we knew we would use a lot of those tools through the whole process. We bought uh, pots. Like huge, humongous flower pots, flower pots from that, Ace Hardware for like fifty percent off, and we put haven't put anything in them. We're probably still not going to put anything in them for a <laughs> but while. They look so pretty, just by themselves. <laughs> they, do. they look great. Good thing, <laughs> but but they were a, a phenomenal deal, right? Uh, we bought a love seat actually earlier in the week. You and your mom, yeah, bought that was this. one of my finds with mom. Yep. Um, but that love seat too. The other thing about it is. Even before we closed on our house, there's there's a the, the backstory to this. There is a tea shop in Chattanooga that I love. And they have this really cool vintage yellow velvet love seat. And so I have been telling Nick for years. Well, the last time we were there, the first time we were there and we saw this seat, you like made me take a picture of you, which is funny because you like never you're not like the Instagram, hey, take a picture of me kind of person. No, and I didn't even post that picture no, anywhere. But you're like, but take a picture like, of me on this couch I so love that I remember this, this love seat. Like we have to have one of these love seats when we have a house. So I had had a yellow love seat on my radar and I'd been looking on like Facebook Marketplace and you know, Craigslist and all the things, like trying to find an antique love seat, basically. And I had found some, but they weren't in great shape. So I was probably going to have to try to reupholster them. And a lot of them, we were going to have to drive a good ways to go get them. So we hadn't made a move on anything. I was just kind of regularly checking websites for them. So my mom and I and my dad are at this antique store and we're walking through and I spot this yellow love seat. It's in great condition. And it's like exactly what I wanted. It's also the perfect size because it's going to be going in the office, which is a smaller room in the house. And so we can't have a humongous couch in there. Totally. So I snap a picture and I like send it to Nick. And, you know, I'm like, hey, just found this love seat, 350 bucks. And he immediately sends back like, yeah, get it. Yeah. Like no questions asked. So two days later after the love seat, we're at the store together and you're like, hey, there's this, here's a painting. Yeah, and Nick's like, yeah, no. And I'm like, no. That's I shut pass. it down immediately. Yeah. And and because, right, I'm looking at the budget all the time. Hannah looks at it some, but not as much as I do because I'm super type A about this. You know that, like, we're kind of running out of money this month. And yeah. if we buy anything else, we're going to have to put off some other, other purchases, things. right? Right. At least for a bit. Mm-hmm. And in your mind, you've already made all those calculations like this painting's worth it. This is foundational, blah, 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 blah. This is worth it. Me, to me, this is like, okay, this is not a practical thing at all that we've mm-hmm. talked about. This isn't some and rare. to be fair, I agree. It's not. It wasn't it, a practical And purchase. to me, it wasn't a rare find a great deal. Because yeah. to me, I was looking at it going like, we can find any number of paintings to fill that space. Well, art's not really your bag. It's not my bag, yeah. right? So in my head, I'm going, no, like that's money that we need to be saving for more rock and stuff that we're still doing and working on the outside of the house, right? Yeah. But rather than communicating any of that in the moment, I I let all of that stuff like very quickly just go nope. And like I kind of I don't know. I even felt myself get like oh Nick was anxious. like 
Nick was mad. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't and say mad. I was tense. Tense. You were tense. I was tense. So I knew, like, drop the painting, which used to, in the moment, I would have been like, dude, why are you being such a grouch? Like, what is your problem? And so then we would have gotten into like a big thing because you would have been like, well, yesterday you just bought a $350 love seat <laughs> and now you want to buy this stupid painting and, you know, whatever. It would have been like a big thing. Um, but now we know each other and I like, I feel Nick's tension. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to let it drop. And like, we'll talk about this later. And what's funny, so we leave the place. I don't think about that painting ever again. Yeah. I envisioned the painting in our living room all night long. I was like, where, which, <laughs> which spot on the gallery wall should it be? We don't have a gallery wall yet, but we're going to. So I can see it in my mind. And, you know, I'm filling in spots with this painting like, oh, it could go here. Oh, it could be the focal point here. So I wake up the next day and I'm like, our living room will never be complete without this painting. Like, that's what's in my mind. Well, and you were you you were funny because you approached me about it and you're like, listen, don't get upset with me. And you because you said that, and then I was like, oh my gosh, what's yeah? Like, Nate thought I was on? about to tell him something like something really, really bad. bad. Um, and I definitely wasn't thinking about the painting from yesterday. And you were like, I'm still thinking about that painting, and I I really want to get it. I think it's going to be kind of foundational to where we're at. Okay, so to me now, I think it up at this up until this when point. When I say I foundational like to guy. where we're at, I just mean like it helps me pick out other things for our space, and it's kind of like what pulls all the other things together in my mind. So this goes back to what you said, which is this is also just like getting to know each other better. You know, we yeah. we've um, been married now for close to seven years, so we have a lot more learning to do, but we certainly know each other better today than we did seven years ago. And I watched you do this in the Airstream. So we bought a blanket and a pillow that had this one pattern for the Airstream right when we started with the Airstream. And you basically used that that color scheme and the the, the colors in that blanket and the, the pattern, if you will, to base the rest of the Airstream kind of yeah. interior design off of. And it looked awesome. And I was like super pumped with the, the way the Airstream turned out. I thought you did an awesome job. And so then when I was like, oh, okay, so this painting is kind of like that for yeah. you. To me, all of a sudden, now this is like a practical rare find, yeah. right? So now it fits that pre-established criterion of like, okay, it's a practical purchase. It's a foundational piece. She's going to work off this. Man, I it's have a rare really find. trained you well if you're like willing to call this a practical purchase Well, now. you have because <laughs> of, of how it fits in, right? Now I know how you use it. It doesn't mean we can go out and buy a quadrillion paintings that are all now practical. But this one in particular, I understand how it was working in your brain. Yeah. And to be fair, that's another thing that I want to say too. It's not like I'm coming to you all the time with things like this. No. Like, I don't remember the last time I did it. It probably was the Airstream and that Pendleton blanket. Probably. And and again, the most important aspect of this all is you're already doing the calculation in your mind of, I want this painting and I'm willing to put off other stuff on the house if need be. Yeah. Like, before we bought it, you list it off. You're like, okay, that means we're not buying this this month. We're not buying that. We're not buying yep. whatever. I'm like, I'm cool. Great. I don't care. Cool. Yeah. And so, in my mind, I'm cool, too. As long as that's the discussion, which it always is. So, yeah, that's kind of what happened over the last couple of weeks. And and it wasn't a big fight, you know, it was, but it was. Uh, but it could have been. It could have been. And it was a moment of tension. And we've, you know, learned a lot about how the other one thinks and feels about money over the last few years that now hopefully help us avoid, you know, what could become a, a more major fight. As we were kind of reflecting back on that, 
Um, because we, you know, the next day when I told you like, Hey, uh, I still really want this painting. We went back together and bought it and it was like a fun outing yeah, for us. Fun. Like it wasn't like you were reluctantly going mm-hmm. to, and like you take my picture with the artist and like, you know, it's like a fun little thing. And we were driving back from that and we're like, man, this was like a, a good occurrence whereas before this would have been like such a huge fight and so we started reflecting back on like what made this not a fight yeah like what made this turn out well um and that kind of brings us to the key points yeah so we have have a couple of key points we wrote down that we wanted to share from the story the first one being no surprise how important it is to budget (laughs) budgeting (laughs) propaganda (laughs) right uh you need you need to have a budget right And, and and that's because how in the world can you make decisions about whether or not something that your spouse wants is something that we can afford and something that yes we can put off these things in order to get that thing like how can you have any kind of meaningful conversation around whether or not you can afford this purchase if you don't even have a baseline for where your money's going and where it's coming from. And I feel like um, when you don't budget is when you get into the scenarios of like one of you going out and buying things and like, oh, I need to sneak this in the house so that yeah. they don't see what I'm bringing in or or whatever. And, um, you know, with the way we run things, that's totally not how that happened. Like I said, it's not like you were gritting your teeth and like I was forcing this purchase of this painting, it it was like we were both happy to go get the painting. Yep. Um, and that's what budgeting does to me. And the other thing that it helps me with is it does help me prioritize. And so um, it helps me figure out the difference between things that I just like and like, oh, yeah, that would work in our space versus things like, no, I love that. And if I don't have that in our space, it's I'm always going to be wishing I had that in our space, if that makes sense. Yep. Like it's it's never going to feel complete to me because I'm going to be thinking back to this painting like, oh, I wish this painting was on our gallery wall. And I, I think what what you're also getting at here is the years that we've been budgeting, you've and I've, you've honed that, we've honed that skill, right? Yeah. So, cause I used to think that I really wanted a lot more stuff. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like six years ago, we might've thought that all of these different purchases we're making for, for the house are like loves, must haves, absolutely cannot, um, uh, what's find, the a word? Replacement. Find, find a trade off. Right. Yeah. And now we much better recognize that actually we can find trade offs for probably 80 to 90% of things. There's only a handful of things that we're like, no, you know, I, I really want this particular one. And so we need to make sure that we can budget to make that happen. So the second uh, key point kind of goes hand in hand with the third. So I'll say them both together, which is the importance of talking regularly and then also figuring out how your spouse sort of ticks. And you can't figure out how your spouse ticks unless you're talking regularly about money and about um, how you're thinking about these purchases. Because again, like what I might think of as an impulse purchase to you might be, no, this is like, I've had this particular thing on my mind for so long. And I I think that this is going to work really well, which is exactly what happened with the love seat. That was technically an impulse, right? We hadn't talked about that love seat in probably a few weeks at minimum, certainly not that particular one. And you stumbled across it and you text me one picture and like, hey, do we have the money in the budget so I can like literally buy this $300 couch right now? Yeah. I was like, yes. Boom. Done. And that's because I know how you tick. We talk so regularly about all of this and I know kind of what's in the pipeline and coming down. 
that we can plan accordingly for. And if again, if you're not talking regularly about these things, how in the world can you, you know, be a team with your money? Yeah. And one of the things that I definitely know about you is that you hate unexpected spending. And I struggle with it. Yeah. yeah. And um so like the the painting was totally unexpected. Like I mean, I wasn't I wasn't looking for that when we went in there. I just happened to cross it, you know, yeah. it was a treasure. Um, so I know that. So I know that in the moment when I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this painting. And Nick's like, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's unexpected spending. So in the moment, I'm like, let it lie. And then when I approached you the next day and I was like, hey, like, I know that this was like random, unexpected impulse purchase to you yesterday. Um, but I, it's actually like an important thing to me. Um, so can we like talk about that? Cause I mean, that's basically what I said to you. Yeah. You weren't even saying like, can we go buy this right now? Yeah. It was like, can we just talk about this a little bit more? Yeah. Can we like reopen this discussion on this painting that I like and, and you know, see where we get. So yeah, just, we just know those things about each other. Cause you know that if I like bring the subject back to you like oh okay this isn't just an impulse purchase it is something important yep. to her so yeah i'll have that discussion with you um yeah that was well and, and that, no that's important though because so many of the coaching clients that we've worked with in our classes or like i've worked with one-on-one i'll hear this question of how many months do i need to be budgeting before i can expect to like actually stick to the budget for a month and i say when you say actually stick to it do you mean like you perfectly hit all of the goals that you outlined for every single category in your budget for every single month. They're like, yeah. How, like, when is that going to start happening? You're like, like, never. Never. <laughs> never. Right? Uh, it's not. And the reason <laughs> is because life is constantly fluctuating. And so you have general ideas and, and, and um, you know, general targets of like, yeah, we try to spend about this much in groceries and about this much in food for the dogs or whatever it is. But it's never going to be dead on. And then when you're doing especially if you have like kids who have tons of variable expenses mm-hmm. or you have a house that you're working on or any number of things, it's going to be a constant conversation of, and that's all this was. And that's why we say the talking regularly. It was you saying, Hey, can we look at the budget? Can we try to find the money we need for this painting? We'll shift some stuff around. We'll deprioritize some other things. We'll push it off. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Like we'll shift this around. No big deal. Done. And if you're not talking regularly and if you don't have that mindset towards your budget around this is a living, breathing thing yeah, that we're constantly uh, renegotiating based on what's most important in our life at this moment. And you, then you get too rigid about it. You get like me seven years ago where you freak out about every little unexpected thing. Um, the other thing that talking regularly does is, I mean, it helps you like be friends with your spouse yeah. so that when things like this happen, it's not... It's not me coming and asking you permission to go buy a painting and you like grudgingly Gr- yeah, granting, granting it. Granting it or not. Yes. Yeah, that's not the relationship. No. It's like, hey, this is our money. Um, I have this thing that I would like to spend some of it on. Like, can we can we talk about this? And like it's having it's having a discussion and like just talking yep. like friends. It's not like One's the authority figure, one's the decision maker, one's the, you know what I'm saying? Totally. And so it just helps you to have these conversations more naturally when you're talking about it regularly. Yep. Well, and that kind of brings us to the the fourth one, right? Which is about communicating expectations, right? And so 
for for me, you just mentioned it, which is I really struggle with uh, totally unexpected stuff. Yeah. This is why when we've talked about emergency funds in the past, I'm not a big um, single emergency fund guy. I'm yeah. a big like let's have one category for car maintenance and a category for medical and a category for a bunch of different unexpected stuff so that we can expect that stuff. But the whole point of going into an antique, an antique store, store is unexpected <laughs> spending. <laughs> it's like you're looking for the you thing you didn't know you had to You have. literally like, could just rename all antique stores to be like <laughs> unexpected shopping adventure. I mean, like for real, though. Like, so we were laughing about this because, you know, the day that I found the painting, it was all four of us, you know, me and my mom and you and my dad and... We joked because me going in, I'm thinking like, ooh, maybe I'll find a treasure. <laughs> Nick going in is like, all right, number one goal, don't spend money. Like, <laughs> so we're just going in with very different Well, because again, think about it. If I've got a budget that has all these categories in it. <laughs> one of them is not antique stores. Maybe we need them, to fix that. One of I don't them, know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, and even if it is antique stores, it's certainly not going to be the exact item that you're going to randomly find. Yeah. Right? So- that that kind of brings us to the point of we actually we actually do plan for this. We we have that's why we have a line item in the budget called unexpected spending. Yeah. And that's why we allocate individual spending money each month to both of us so that we can buy things guilt free when we find something that we really want. It's it's both of us coming together and you saying, I love unexpected spending and me saying, I hate unexpected <laughs> spending. Yeah. And then us going, Okay, well let's just plan to do unexpected spending and then we can meet in the middle. Yeah. Totally. Okay, so our last kind of point is just the importance of, I guess, self-discipline, for lack of a better word. Um, James Clear kind of talks about this in his book, Atomic Habits. He's talking about it as in the context of trying to kick like a bad habit and removing triggers. Yep. Um, I'm talking about it in the context of like not tempting yourself. But to me, they're basically the same thing. So if, if I just went and bought my love seat and the painting, you know, that I got. I'm not going to go back into my random treasure stores until we have random treasure money again, because why, why why do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just putting us in a spot for me to want something that like we don't need to buy right now. Totally. Yeah. So when we have random treasure money again, I'll go back to my treasure stores and like, you know, have fun walking around. And I may not buy anything because a lot of times I go in there and don't. You don't find anything. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to risk it. If you go to enough stores, you'll find something. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just not going to risk it. So I haven't been into one in several weeks. Yeah, it's it's really like... um self self-awareness right yeah this is why yeah, we don't better, this is why you and i don't buy ice cream anymore like, <laughs> we we buy ice cream we just don't keep ice only cream in our out, freezer only yeah. out like we yeah. will go to sonic and get a blizzard or not a blizzard a, what do they call them sunday blast uh, a blast yeah blizzard's dairy queen anyway so we'll go to sonic and get a blast <laughs> right or we'll go to a local ice cream shop or something but we don't buy ice cream and keep it in the house because if we do at least for me i have no self-control yeah and i will eat ice cream every single night yeah. If it's in the house. So it's just knowing yourself and knowing, okay. So like if you know that you don't need to buy any more on Amazon this month, don't get on Amazon yeah. and browse. Yeah. Like just do don't do it to yourself. Block that website. Yeah. It's like torturing uh, yourself to get on there it. and yes. like not be able to buy anything. Yeah. And of course, whenever you're supposed to not be buying anything is when you're going to find everything that you want to buy. That's just the way it works. Absolutely. So those are our five takeaways. But before we go, just like Hannah liked the painting, 
we need to talk about stuff we like. Oh, good one. For this week's Stuff We Like, we actually wanted to talk about a book called Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And actually, what we really wanted to talk about was doing a book club. So we mentioned this a few episodes back, a few weeks back, mentioned it in our email newsletter and here on the podcast. And we had a number of people reach out, say that they were interested in doing a book club. So we're going to do that. So for the next, uh, we're going to, it'll be about a month and a half, six-ish weeks. We would we would love to have you read The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel along with us. We'll leave a, a link in the show notes here to uh, buying the book on Amazon. That's an affiliate link. So if you want to support the show, you can use that. But we're going we're gonna to read the book, both of us, over the next few weeks. And we're going to do a live Q&A on YouTube. So on our YouTube channel, um, we'll do a live question and answer about our thoughts about the book, invite you to share what you enjoyed about the book or what you learned. We're going to do that on Monday, June 28th at 7 p.m. Central. So, And we'll announce it a few more times on the podcast leading up to it, but wanted to give you a few weeks heads up. So if you're interested in reading along, we're going to try out this idea of doing a book club with you all. And uh, yeah, I hope you'll check out that book and join us um, at the end of June. And the book, I think, is around 200 pages. I think yeah, I think so. Yep. So if you start now, like it's only a few pages a day. So a it's not like a big a commitment. Day. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Morgan, if you haven't read anything he's written, his blog is phenomenal. He writes in such a like a, a simple and sort of straightforward manner. So um, I think it, it should be a pretty, pretty um, good personal finance read. It should be sort of fun and not stuffy and um, boring. It should be pretty cool. All right. You ready to... Do our wrap up? Yeah. So to wrap this up, really, it's about the importance of if you're if you're married and you're trying to figure out how to do money together, making sure that you are working together. And for us, that looks like budgeting together. It looks like talking regularly. It looks like trying to understand how your spouse ticks and how they think about money. It means clearly communicating your expectations for what you're expecting to do with money and how you expect to use it. And then lastly, it's the importance of self-discipline and also sort of self-awareness when it comes to your money and when you maybe need to remove uh, triggers that might get you into a, a bad spending routine. So hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do, uh, if you did, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you, nick at mappedoutmoney.com. And uh, other than that, we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.